Hello, and welcome to the Stupid Sequels Podcast, where we find truly terrible movies and give them all the attention they don't deserve. Each episode, we'll discuss exactly what made such a horrible sequel, from casting to budget to just plain bad writing. While we all love a great movie, there's something just a little more fun about watching a seriously stupid sequel. Now, while there are plenty of awful sequels out there, we have a few guidelines about the kind of movies we'll be reviewing here. We're talking about direct-to-video, made-for-TV, never-appeared-in-a-theater sequels. The ones the studios gave up on before they even started. This week, my guest is Nicole Wiseman, and we will be discussing American Psycho 2, All-American Girl, the sequel to American Psycho. I'm sorry, Nicole. Why do you do these things to me? To be fair, <laughs> it's not me. It is our followers. That's right, guys. It's your fault because I put up a poll on my Instagram asking, or on my Twitter, and this one by like a lot. So they did this to you. So someone is dumb as fuck. And, and they yeah. did this to you. Bye. I'm I hate sorry. you all. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, but it's okay. It's... It's not as bad as Romeo and Michelle's prequel, I have No, easily not. But it's still but, an hour and 13 minutes of my life that I will never get fair, back. To be fair, if it was its own independent horror movie, I'd be like, oh, oh that'd be pretty fine. bad. As a sequel to American Psycho, you're like, what were you thinking? Okay, so the original got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes because it is one of the best fucking movies of all goddamn time. Not only that, but it's also a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. If you guys can't oh, read the book, get please. it on Audible. It's really good. And if you want to get super nerdy, go watch the bootleg of the musical. Oh, with Matt Smith. With Matt Smith. He's it, a doctor. Uh, that one's good, but there's a video bootleg of New York and dear fucking God, Jen Damiyama. So the original had a budget of $7 million and made $34.3 million back. The sequel, which came out Two years later, again, stop making sequels so soon. It's not... There's only certain times to make sequels so soon. If it's a planned sequel. Like, if it's a planned sequel, like with It, that's yes. happening right now. They want to keep that's Star's a guard. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. The, yes, because because yeah. that's a planned sequel. That is, this is the beginning of a story. There is a continuation. Making a good movie and then going, but we want more money. That's not how you do it. That doesn't count and it had a, se- a budget of 10 million dollars wait what which i'm like did you spend it on voiceovers and they spent it on music licensing let's be real with those awful 90s songs they did not spend it on music licensing because all that music was public domain oh no terrible you know what they spent it on what two words william shatner <laughs> that's where their budget went and and the one explosion oh but that, that explosion one explosion yeah that one explosion because it blew yeah. my mind with how bad it was. So, the original was based on the 1991 novel, American Psycho, by Brett Easton Ellis, who is a god. And if you're listening to this, I'm not worthy. Yeah, Brett, I'm you're a worthy. fucking genius. Um, and the musical, written by Duncan Sheik and Roberto Ag- Aguirre Sacasa. I'm sorry. Who, by the way, if you don't know, we both know from doing episodes of Glee... And now uh, is the, like, creative director basically of Riverdale. Yeah. Oh, fucking Riverdale is so good. Everyone watch it. Um, so that came out in London in 2013 and New York in 2016. It's closed because Broadway is an idiot. Basically. Um, and the musical sample songs from the movie and from the um, 80s, like Hip to Me Square. Um, and it has original songs like Killing Time, Clean, and This Is Not an Exit. This Is Not an Exit. Oh, which is the final. Song. It's the final. Um shot of the movie is a door that says this is not an exit and it's the final line of the book and oh, so good so good 
So it was directed by Mary Heron. There's a, a big joke running in Hollywood that the book was written by a misogynist and the movie was directed by a feminist. Um, ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Which I think made it a great movie. It definitely does. Because like, if you had some jerk-off guy, I'm sorry. You know, Quint- if, um, if, if, if Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino had Quint- done American Psycho, it would have been garbage. It would have just been Inglorious Bastards set in the 80s. Yeah, it would have been revenge porn, which is not what this is. And you had to have the lens of men are terrible to make this movie, which they did. Um, so the cast is Christian Bale, Reese Witherspoon, Chloe Sevigny, Justin Theroux, Jared Leto, pre-Suicide Squad. I don't hate him for Suicide Squad, so we'll... But Willem Dafoe. Uh, sequel, the cast is Mila Kunis, William Shatner. And who the fuck else? And, and guys who have been listening from the beginning, Robin Dunn, who played Sebastian in Cruel Intentions 2. 2. Spoilers, he's not any better. He's not. You can't follow up. Well, wait a minute. Do you know what this technically does? This connects Cruel Intentions 2, Cruel Intentions, and American Psycho 2 because of Reese Witherspoon. <gasps> and, uh... Ryan Philby. It's all in the same it's in the same universe. Ah, ah, so crazy. Okay, so in the original, um, just some fun facts about the original. So Bale based the, and I'm quoting here, intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes on Tom Cruise. That makes sense. <laughs> um, the role was originally offered to um, Ed, um, Ewan McGregor and Edward Norton. They both turned it down. But at the same time, it's interesting because both of them ended up getting roles like that later, later on in their on. career because of train oh, spotting. Edward Norton, Primal Fear. I was going to say Primal Fear and also oh. Death to Smoochie. If you have not seen Primal Fear, um, treat yourself. Do not read a single word about don't, it online. Yeah, don't read about it. Don't just read literally. the back of the box. No, just find Primal Fear blindly and watch it because that's how I watch it. It's like The Room. Just blew, blindly watch it. Blew my face off. Um, they And they had to get... A, they said the most difficult part about the movie was getting approval from all of the various designers because the author name drops specific oh, designers. Yeah. And there's a very famous line and like popular line in the book called don't touch the Rolex and Rolex would not approve the line. So they had to change the line to don't touch the watch, which pissed a lot of people off. Um, but they couldn't say it, guys. Um, the reason he was naked during the most brutal killing scenes uh-huh. is because no designer would approve for him to be wearing their clothing. Except for Perry Ellis underwear. Which kind of makes sense. That, yeah. That is also like a gay man's fantasy, basically. Yeah. But he's he was supposed to be wearing these like amazing, like uh, beautiful suits um, when he's killing people. But all of the suits were like, Mm-mm, no, no, no. And they had to change. They had to reshoot an entire scene because it's a scene where he's carrying Paul out in the duffel bag. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, it's Jean-Paul Gaultier. The original line was Comme de Garçon. Yeah. And Comme de Garçon was like, like fuck that. No, 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 no. no, no reshoot that whole scene um christian bale actually followed bateman's morning routine the entire length of filming that doesn't surprise me i'm like i forget that christian bale's british yeah you also forget that he's jack kelly from newsies but that's a different story Ooh, I've, I've got a newsies connection to yes. the original yes it's there it's there and okay and something i didn't know christian bale's stepmother gloria steinem wait what <laughs> right where out of left field did that come? <laughs> had protested the book and the making of the movie from the second it incepted. So there were some rumors that Christian Bale accepted the movie just, just because he didn't like Gloria Steinem. That makes sense. Because at that point, his parents had just divorced and the dad was dating Gloria oh, new very soon afterwards. And he's like, oh, Gloria Steinem hates this movie? Fuck him. I will take this project. Like, 
That's. But oh my god, Gloria Steinem's Christian Bale's stepmother. Dear God, that is probably one of. How my did favorite I not notice? How is that not common? No, what? Like, talk about Hollywood craziness. And one of the coolest things, there are so many trivia facts about this movie because it's about eighteen layers deep in each scene. Granted, this is about the original. Oh, the original. not about the sequel. Mm-mm. Because the sequel, which we will get into, yeah, is as boring as a blank piece of paper. So the interrogation scenes where Willem Dafoe, um, Kimball is interviewing Christian Bale, they would film the scene in three takes. One where he thought Chris, he thought Bateman was completely innocent. Okay. One where he thought mm, maybe he has something to do with this, and one where he absolutely knows Bateman is guilty. And they would cut those scenes together. <gasps> that makes so much sense. Which is why it's so uneasy. You're like, he's his friend. He's his enemy. He actually is asking the question. And it keeps you so off kilter and unsure of where it's going. Which is a, tr- that's a tribute to the editors in addition to Willem Dafoe's Yeah. So any of those interrogation scenes were filmed three times with three different intentions. But they had, uh, they're keeping Christian Bateman's, or Christian Bateman, <laughs> Christian Bale, Patrick Bateman's expressions consistent through all of them which makes sense because you're seeing it through his eyes which just oh excellent filmmaking such a beautiful technique and now to the shithole that is the sequel are you ready for the explanation of why this movie is a shithole i don't think they're ready for this bad jelly it was not written to be an american psycho sequel no shit it was written to be a horror movie called the girl, the girl who, who wouldn't, wouldn't die. die. It was literally. Then they're like, hmm. No changed, one wants to buy this horror movie. And they changed one name, added one scene. Yeah. And it's like all and, of a sudden. And a, a lot of voiceover because she only ever mentions Bateman in voiceover. No, they did two scenes. They did the opening scene and the scene with William Shatner because she mentioned him by name. Yes. Those are the only scenes. Only scenes that make this an American Psycho sequel. Oh. This, there are only six trivia facts on IMDb on American Psycho 2. One of the trivia facts is one of something I need written on a Twitter tombstone. Just, Mila Kunis is ashamed of this film. Done. Dead. Bye. And they tagged her to it. So if you go to Mila Kunis's IMDb IMDb page, page, it's there under her trivia. I, I wanted to scream with laughter. That was so funny. Here, Okay. Should we talk about the major issue first and foremost, or should I save that for the end? I say save it for the end, because let's talk through this as much as we can. Because this movie, thank God, is only an hour and 13 minutes. It's an hour and 13 minutes of my life that I will never get back. It just just clicks along real fast. Thank God. Yeah. Um, Because the suffering. It was just, it was so awful because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, okay. If it's going to be anything like American Psycho, it's going to be amazing. I'd love to see American. Here's the thing. I would love to see American Psycho done in the 2000s from a female perspective with that psychological twist. I think it would be insane. And then I think it would be brilliant. Argument. I don't think American Psycho can be done with a woman because part of why... Oh, no, that's right. It can't be done with a woman because a woman actually has rations. No, no, no. Not even that is part of part of why Bateman gets away with so much shit is because he is a white man. And That's he, true. And he is given the allowances to walk around bloody, to walk around carrying a weapon, to walk in and out of places as he pleases, to not question people's power. Are we talking about America's Trump right now? Or Trump's America? Because... Shh. Shh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a great... <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Literally, Patrick Bateman sounds like 
Trump era. It's a Trump era male. It really like, is. You would you would not be one to question anyone if you saw Patrick Bateman nowadays wearing a MAGA hat, or at least at a or he looked like a MAGA bro. He would. He would look like a MAGA bro. The perfect. Oh, you know what the perfect time for an American Psycho remake would be? Twenty sixteen. Occupy Wall Street. Ooh, fuck me up. Like, there's, gonna all, write that there's treatment. all these protesters, and they're, like, sleeping in the tents on the sidewalk, and then they wake up, and an entire tent of protesters is dead. dead. And they're like, oh, my God, the fucking cops are killing these protesters. And you think that they're the enemy, which they are, but they're not the enemy. You think they are, and it's fucking And Patrick then you realize Bateman. that they're not actually being killed. They're just getting to their senses and leaving. <laughs> yes. But also, ooh, that would have been such a good time for a remake. That would have been... Here's the thing. You can still do that. Yeah, you can have, Well, I think they're doing it now. It's called American Horror Story Cult. Um. Kind of, sort of, not really. I'm very intrigued because at the time of filming, guys, we are only one episode and we're... I'm about to show Chelsea the first episode. I have not seen the first episode yet. Um, of Cult. So... People who are like, oh, cult is basically just like American Psycho. It's really not. I know, I know, I know. But that is an interesting comparison. Also, I would have loved to see the guy who um, was in Nip Tuck, who was also, he played Leather. He played the dad in season one in in Murder House. Yes. Uh, you know exactly who I'm talking about? Yes, I cannot think of his name. I would now. love to see him have played Patrick Bateman in a remake. Because I think he would have been great. Or, ironically. Oh, my God. Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, 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 no, I've got it. Who? Michael Fassbender. Two nights. Two nights. Have you seen him in the Alien movies? I mean, yeah, he's fucking terrifying. Have you seen him in the Alien movies? Yeah, he's a dick. Oh, my God, Michael Fassbender. Oh, my God, Michael Fassbender. Oh, my God, But you also have to remember, actually, neither, none of them would work, because Patrick Bateman's supposed to be early 20s. So it'd have to be... Robbie Amell. (laughs) Oh, my God, it'd be Grant Gustin. (gasps) Craig Gustin as Sebastian Smythe. Oh my god. Oh my god. No. No. Okay. Fucking. I know we hate prequels and we hate sequels. Fucking American Horror Story, the prequel prep school starring Grant Gustin because he still looks like a teenager. You mean American Psycho, the prequel starring Grant Gustin? Yes. Yeah. Not yes. American Horror Story, but yes, I yes. know what you're getting. Yes. Actually, that would that'd be a great origin story, actually. I actually don't want to see a Patrick Bateman. Like, don't do this, please. I don't want to see a Patrick Bateman origin story no. as like a full movie. No. Maybe a seven to ten minute short a la... Um, Sever Snape and the Marauders. Yes. On YouTube. Yes. Or Vimeo. Yes. Ooh, your platform of choice. Oh my god. Oh no, I want it. Someone kickstart this shit. Darren Chris could play Paul Walker. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god, yes. Leah Michelle could be Reese with his No, Leah Michelle doesn't touch this thing with a 20 foot pole. I love the woman to she death. She gets to be the annoying country one. Zach. No. No. <gasps> oh, Billy Lord. I was gonna say Billy Lord. Billy Lord. Why are we just fucking with Ryan Murphy's pool? Because they're a very fun pool to play in. They are. And they do create And they're very, very good, good actors who play teenagers, that's why. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, no. <gasps> Melissa Benoist would be Chloe Seven Years role. Melissa Benoist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She would. Oh, she'd actually be really good. And you know who She's else really could have played um, Reese Witherspoon's role? Who? Becca Tobin. Who? Becca Tobin. <gasps> Kitty. So this oh. podcast is basically now Nicole and Chelsea recast everything with Glee cast members. Okay, explanation of how I know Nicole. Yes, so let's get into this. I real was quick. a wee, I was a wee freshman coming to my freshman orientation at Pace University, and they had someone's iPod plugged into the speakers, just playing on shuffle. 
And all of a sudden, the Glee cover of Don't Stop Believing kicks on. And everyone in the room goes, ugh. And I go, yes! And Nicole goes, who said yes? Who said yes? And I said, me! And she's like, that's my iPod. That was my shuffle. This was, you gotta remember, you were a freshman in 2010. 10. So this was beep, beep, season beep, beep, beep. two that was about to start. Still good. So this was right before season two. Yeah. Um, and then I took her home for spring break because she was lonely. And I was like, I'm going to Boston abandoned. if you want to come home because she lives in California. So I was like, why don't you just come to Boston with me? Because I literally had nothing else to do. Yeah. And we went home and it ended up being the best episode of Glee ever. It was the fucking never been kissed episode. And my poor nephew at the time. And watched, your neighbors. No, no. Our, our neighbors didn't give two shits because <clears> there was no one really living there. Um, but it was my mother, my stepfather, us, and my nephew watching it. And the two of us were just, like, losing our fucking minds. We literally were running around the house screaming. We stayed up till, like, three in the morning. Rewatching it. We going were, on Tumblr. We were sharing a bed, and it was, like, finally, like, four It was, like, morning. slumber party style. And we're, like, it's just in the dead quiet, and it's absolute silence. And I go, Nicole? You moved me. Claim kissed. Like, <laughs> 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 these, like, little moments. But... So that explains, like, so, our friendship and why we're dynamic. on our, why we have this kind of mental wave when it comes to a lot of the stuff is yeah. because we both have the same background where we're very musical theater inclined. We grew up kind of watching the same stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a major horror, horror fan. Are you? No, I yeah. can't do gore. Like, American Horror Story is my one, one exception. And I can't do gore because it just, it's gore porn and it's too much. Like, any of the Saw movies, I'd rather kill myself. Like, um, no. I'll watch them in the daytime so I can skip over certain parts because I like the psychology behind them. That's about it. But I stopped watching after three. A, a perfect horror movie to me, because American Psycho is not a horror movie, let's be clear. No, it's a thriller. The perfect horror movie to me is the Scream trilogy. And I say trilogy because the fourth one doesn't fucking exist. <sighs> like, that's a perfect horror movie to me. Like... Oh, I love a red eye, but again, thriller. thriller. I love a thriller. I don't really like horror. Okay, um, let's get it, let's get into something that is not a thriller and not thrilling at all. American Psycho two. But really quick, before we go down into the dark depths of hell, are you ready for the Newsies reference in American Psycho? Please tell me this because I don't know how you found a Newsies reference. Well, first of all, Christian Bale is obsessed with musical theater. Well, this is true. He has a lamest poster in his bathroom that he like stares at his own reflection in like Eponine's poor little or. Because uh, that's poor little face in the Les Mis poster. He mentions he has tickets to the theater all the time. He's like, Oh, we're talking about Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman, yeah. Oh, okay. But are you ready? When he goes to the dry cleaner with the sheets that are covered in blood, he goes, These sheets are very expensive. I had to go all the way to Santa Fe to get them. It's a stretch, but I'll give it to you. What kind of fancy sheets come from Santa Fe? He'd get them from Milan. He'd get them from London. He'd get them from Hong Kong. He would not go to... Santa Fe doesn't have good linen. That's not a thing. You know what they have? What? Fry bread. Deserts. Yes. And and holistic healing. Yes. So maybe they are infused with crystal goodness. Does Patrick Bateman strike you as the type to believe in crystal healing? Absolutely. That is a goddamn The only crystal he likes to do is crystal math. Newsies reference, unless that is in the book, which, dear God, if it is, I'm sorry. But that's just a beautiful deep cut if it's real. Okay. Let's get into... Let's go to hell. Let's... Or... The dorm room that this was set in. Also, Patrick Bateman uh, name drops the Trumps like three or four times. Oh, yeah. As people he admires. Oh, he name drops Melania. By the time this movie was shooting, he and Melania weren't out dating yet. He was still married. Oh, that's right. Because he's like, oh, I hear the Trumps come to this restaurant. (gasps) Is that Melania? Well, she wouldn't be at the same table as him, would he? And I'm like, (gasps) that's right. Oh, my God. Like. So if your president lives in the same realm as 
Patrick Bateman. Probably not the best idea. Run. Okay, so the opening is just a severed head in a fridge, some rubber gloves, some tools, and a, like, 20-something girl tied to a chair. Which you think is going to be a porn, basically. Oh, yeah. And then, like, a 12-year-old girl tied to a chair with basically the voiceover, I bet you're wondering how I ended up in this situation. And it's like, no, I really <laughs> not, but okay. And it's clearly not Christian Bale. It is a stand-in wearing the blue gel eye mask? Yeah, which to me made no sense. Because they just needed him to be wearing a mask so you could disguise that it wasn't Christian Bale, but he wouldn't be wearing his morning routine eye mask while he murdered someone. God damn it. Um... And so her babysitter brought her on a date, date. with Christian, with, with Patrick, Patrick Bateman. Bateman. I'm going to keep calling him Christian Bale. And first of all, why are you bringing a child on a date? We'll get to that later. Second of all, how did you get to the point where both of you got tied up without either one of you getting away? Because Patrick's good, but he's not that good. Unless she was in the bathroom going to get ready and he tied her up. And then all of a sudden, Clara, or whatever the hell her name is, comes out and then drugs yeah. her. And that, but even then, that's giving this movie way more credit than it actually yeah. deserves. And so, um, the little girl in the chair is young Mila Kunis. Her name is Rachel. What is it? Um, dun, dun, dun. Oh, so many twists and turns, guys. This is going to be so full of spoilers because you have to talk about it backwards and forwards to make it make so sense. So, a giant spoiler alert. Don't fucking watch it. <laughs> I'm like, don't actually spoil it. But yeah, spoiler alert. Don't fucking watch this. Um, so, she gets loose and she's like, I was going to just run away. But then I came up with another idea. And she just fucking ice picks Patrick Bateman and kills him. Doesn't he ice pick someone in American Psycho? No. I mean, uh, ice pick is very basic instinct. Yeah. I don't know. He does an axe. He does a hatchet. He does a chainsaw. He has the whole like, tray of tools when he's fucking with the prostitutes. That's why I was thinking But it wasn't it. specifically an ice pick. Ice pick. Oh, also, did you notice the way he was mur- the way he was murdering the girl, the babysitter, made no sense because that's not Patrick Bateman style. He's face down in her lap, and she's bleeding profusely. There's a giant puddle of blood coming out from her, and she looks up, and there's blood coming out of her nose. I'm like, is he eating her out so violently her brain had <laughs> That would have made the movie so much better. Oh my How god! How is he killing her in a way in which his face is in her lap that's making her bleed from the nose? I don't get it. I oh. tongue so good it will make you bleed to death. Oh. Ooh. Um. So young Mila Kunis is just like, and that's when I discovered I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Dexter. I'm gonna be a serial. I'm killer. gonna be Dexter. I'm gonna be a serial killer who kills serial killers. Smash cut to ten years later or six years later. Six years later. Which I am like that girl definitely did not look like twelve. She looked like nine. She was nine. So. She looked like a baby. And she had that weird, deep voice, which I'm like, did you dub in a different actress? Because that voice did not belong to that child. No, it did. Because she's like, because like, there's a little lady in the hallway, she's like, I thought I heard a crash. She's like, oh no, it was nothing. Like, what is the voice? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so we smash cut to Rachel. Um, she's wearing an American flag shirt because the name of this movie was All American oh, Girl. girl. Which um, is bullshit. You are, you are not an American Girl doll. Don't yeah. wear that shirt. And she's at West Washington College, which is the... Um, it has the best behavioral studies school in the country. Really? Because that's not true. <laughs> um, so her mom's an alcoholic. Her dad's a philanderer. Um, or so we think. Which doesn't line up with what we see later. Um, she's got no friends because she's so cool and she's bitchy and she wears sunglasses. She's she's so cool, guys. She wears a leather jacket. It literally looks like every cliche 90s girl you would ever see. She's only missing a choker and butterfly clips. Um, no, I think she's wearing a choker at one point. She is. No butterfly clips because she's dark. She's dark and edgy. They're beetle clips. Um, 
<laughs> so then okay there Lydia <laughs> uh Malls just got a Lydia Dietz tattoo and I'm mad jealous of it it's so she has Lydia Dietz on one arm and Mary Kate and Ashley on the other arm it's so 90s fucking dear God. cool um I'm so scared of tattoos but like those are bitches okay so her whole reason for going to this college is because of Robert Starkman who is like the ultimate serial killer hunter he used to work for the FBI um and his very last case was Patrick Bateman, Bateman, which is rumored, like, the reason he quit the FBI, because, like, which is he couldn't figure out who killed Patrick, Patrick Bateman, Bateman, and that broke him? I I don't believe that for one second. Also, Robert Starkman, Patrick Bateman, names are real fucking similar. I kept calling him Stark because I was in a real, real well, Iron Man frame of mind. Because I'm like, Robert Downey Jr., I Tony Stark, Starkman, Robert Starkman, wait, like, my brain. <laughs> um... So he is looking for a TA, and nine out of his last ten TAs have gone to Quantico. Oh so my she's God. gonna become guys. Is this the prequel to Quantico? TA Quantico. I've never watched Quantico. Mm, me neither. Um, so he's like, "Congrats for surviving the first semester. Um, you're gonna say bye to your old TA, Elizabeth McGuire, and I'm remember gonna announce, that name. And I'm going to announce my new TA before we leave for spring break. Which also, did you take any classes? That were two semesters. No, because also, if she, he's like, congrats on surviving the first semester, and then they're going on spring break next week? Like, it must already be March, April, which means they've been back for, like, two, two months. months. Here's the other thing. If that's the case, he would have been teaching a 101 and a 102. Sorry for the technical aspect. Unless it we're just... talking quarters, but he specifically says semester. Semester. Mm. I take a lot of issue with the timing in this movie. And apparently this is... Well, the timing, it all takes place in, what, six days? Yeah, because this is one week before spring break ends. Um, And there's a party at the Dean's house, which I'm like, what college do you go to? Dean O'Grady used to do stuff. But that was, like, in her office or, like, at, like, certain areas. But also, we had the best Dean of students in the world. Shout out to Dean O'Grady. Still killing it. You don't remember... I maybe, have a lot of real maybe it's because like she and I like <laughs> still talk and we're still friends on Facebook. I'm that cool, almost thirty year old, that I'm still friends with the to be dean fair, of students. She graduated um, when I was a freshman and I was a senior. Do you know what my experience with the Pace faculty was? Awful. The day after I declared myself an English major, the head of the English department got fired because he had a four year affair with a student. Um, spoiler alert, that comes into play with this fucking movie. Oh, it does. Spoiler alert. Oh, TA. Robert Starkman, I forgot to play, he's played by William Shatner, guys. Because, of course, that makes sense. God, God, God. Um, so she's like, I only have three other people who are my competition for to be this TA. And then one who's like, a shithead who, money boy. Oh, yeah. So that's Brian... Brian Lees, Brian Leeds, which is played by Robert Dunn, otherwise known as Sebastian Cruel Intentions. Two. Um, he, um, he's got a low GPA, but he's rich, rich, rich. Um, the other one is Cassandra Blair. She goes, I think she's banging the professor, but I don't believe that. Which is weird because they're Later friends. Later on, she's friends, and she definitely knows that they've been banging for a while. while. Which is why I think they recorded this voiceover after they made it a sequel. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah. Um, and the third is Keith Lawson, which is black guy. Token black guy. That's his only attribute. And he's got the second highest GPA in the class. Um, and she's like, they're my only three competition, but they're not really competition because I'm going to get this. Yeah, it's like two are competition, one is daddy's money. Yeah. Oh, yay. Our food's almost here. Um, so the professor 
Okay, in the middle of the classroom, with, like, a door with windows, the professor gives Cassandra a necklace. Yeah, this is after and everyone like, has apparently left the lecture hall, and no one, of course, is lingering outside. Except for Rachel Newman. So, Rachel is gonna be this fucking TA, hell or high water. Because she's psycho. And she's like, it's part of a plan. It's part of a plan. It's part of a plan. I'm like, you keep saying that, and then you don't explain There's no fucking the plan, plan, bitch. Um, so she's filling out her application- and Brian, the rich boy, is fighting with someone in the administrative office. And, like, the person is saying, like, your GPA is too low. We won't even let you apply. And he comes out and he's like, oh, this fucking bitch. Um, he, is, he says he's going to bash the assistant's brains in. He's like, that fucking bitch. I'd smash your face in if I didn't want to get my shirt dirty or something cunty like that. Um, and then he makes a offhand comment. Because Rachel comments, and I was like, dude, your GPA is not high enough. And he's like, well, that won't be the case tomorrow. Yeah, which I'm like, so he's going to get his grades changed? Remember what he said? My cousin can change that real quick. Yeah. Because his cousin's apparently going to hack into the school's computers and then change his GPA. Because, of course, that works. Yeah, because if someone states that your GPA is low and then the next day it is high, it is not suspicious. No, not at all. No, never. Um, so... Then she calls in. She's like, next, next. And Rachel goes in with her application. And she's like, okay, it all looks good. Oh, wait, you're a freshman? She's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, typically we don't accept freshmen or sophomores as TAs. We only have juniors or seniors. Then why the fuck does she get to be in the class? That's the whole thing. I'm like, you normally wouldn't let a freshman take, like, a higher level class anyways. So it just is fucking dumb. And then she's like, well, shouldn't that be up to the professor and not the school? Which, uh Smartest thing that's been said in this whole movie. I think that's Willie the only said, thing that is smart that is said in this movie. And the, the assistant's being real cunty. She's like, well, it doesn't, like, work like that. And if I had to make an exception for you, I'd have to make an exception for everyone. She's like, I'm going to have to bring this up the totem pole. I'm like, I'm gonna what have, the fuck says that? I'm going to have to talk to the dean. The dean doesn't give a shit about TA assignments. What the fuck? That's up to the teacher. And she's like, you freshman, you're all the way from home. Here's a pamphlet. Like, the assistant's being a little bit cunty about all this. And she's like... She's like, she's basically the equivalent of like an academic advisor yeah. at that point. And like, not even a good one. No. Because if not, I'd be like, well, maybe you can't TA this, uh, like you can't TA for this class, you can TA for another class. And then I'd be like, no, I'm not taking that class though. I'm taking this one. Yeah, I ugh, don't get it. And also, like, if he's like the ultimate amazing mega professor, why the fuck is he teaching a freshman course? Yeah, that's the one thing. If this is like an upper level, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be taught. So either it's an upper level class and it's amazing that she's in it in the first place, or it's a freshman class, so why are you wasting your best profession? Yeah, makes no sense. Ugh. We're gonna try and get through this as quickly and painlessly as possible. Um, trust us. So it's so dumb. Um so we see the assistant walking out to her car. Clearly, like someone's like hiding in the bushes watching her. Someone's fucking watching her, and then all of a sudden we get to her house. And her cat's name is Ricky Martin. And she goes, Ricky, I'm home, which is very funny. And then all of a sudden, you see someone put the fucking cat in the microwave. They put a cat in the microwave. I'm Thankfully, like, they don't kill the cat. No, like immediately, like the assistant runs up the hall and like opens it. The cat's like, Rrr. it's totally fine. It's like not hard. But okay, like literally if they microwaved a cat, I would have like called you like, episode's over. We're not watching this. Nope, I'm bye. sorry. No, no. Thank God that cat is okay. Because that also would have been way too much. And, and then like, for course, the first murder? I know, and then all of, all of a sudden she dies because she's getting bashed over the head with the, like, Administrative Assistant of the Year Award. Yeah, oh, and Brian did make a comment about that. He's like, oh, I wonder if they give awards for her being big fat cunts because she'd earned that one, too. Like, Which, also, speaking of Brian, he does ask out Rachel. Later. Later. Which then gives him an alibi. 
but also gives her an alibi. Yeah, and so we see the person who's beating her up, beating up the assistant, is wearing a black hoodie and, like, black gloves. And we see someone with a black hoodie and black gloves walking up to a dorm room, and you're like, oh. And then the door opens, and it's Rachel opening the door, and it's Brian flipping the hoodie down. So you're like, oh, so Brian? Brian actually. Brian's the killer? No, because I know what this movie is, because Mila Kunis is on the poster. We're yeah. not stupid. We're not that dumb. And then, of course, they go out to a nice fucking fancy-ass dinner. Right? Okay, and the way that he's playing this, it's like <laughs> it's like he's caught between Sebastian in the prequel and Sebastian in the actual movie. Like, he's not as bad as a full-on goober as he is in the prequel, but he's not quite, he's not Ryan Phillippe. He's not, I'm gonna fuck you because you're my stepsister and I'm gonna fuck you but for a Mustang. he's a little bit better. Like, he's he's a little bit darker, but he's still like, Oh, um, this restaurant's uh, really nice. He's like Seth Green in, um, what's it called? Bobby? No. God, no. (laughs) No. What's the teen movie? Um, Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah, He's like a douchier, more money version of Seth Green's character from Can't Hardly Wait mixed with someone from like American Pie. Yeah, like, he's sort of smooth, but he's also sort of a goober, but he's also rich, but he's also a little bit violent. Like, he's a lot of things. He's a lot of things. So, they have their date, and then what the fuck happens? So, he's like, oh, um, well, you know that Cassandra is, like, fucking the professor, and she's like, oh, I think that's just a rumor. He's like, well, let's just say, um, if she gets the job, the school's gonna get some, uh, interesting photos, and then that won't be a problem anymore. I'm like... And then he won't be a professor anymore, and then no one can be his TA. And then, of course, to get Rachel to back out of her ambition to become the TA, what does he do? He bribes her with a seven-figure, like, seven-figure, like, he's like, we'll make a deal seven- with uh, He's like, we'll have a seven-figure agreement. Oh, but also, his dad is donating an $8 million building to the school. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to get this internship no matter what. It'll just be easier if you back out. It'll look a little less suspicious. And she's like... The fuck now. Interesting, but no. Also, it's another one of those where they do a lot of showing and not telling. Where, like, he's talking to her in the hallway and he's like, we have sexual tension. And she's like, we do. I'm like, what is this? No, you don't. It's, Just yeah. saying it doesn't make it true. Um. So then we see uh, Rachel get home and she's... I thought Cassandra was her roommate at that point. I... Because they're, like, buddies and they're, like, chit-chatting. No, but they don't... They aren't roommates, remember? She's no. her roommate. She's her own roommate. But they're, like, chit-chatting, and she's like, oh, my God, me and Bobby are going up to the couch. She's like, don't call We're Professor Starkman Bobby. Bobby. And so I'm like, like Bobby so you do know that they're fucking. Like, it's been an established thing. Yeah. What? So, but after their date, what ended up happening? So, <laughs> first of all, Rachel, first of all, take the, take the million dollars and just be the TA next year if you're a freshman. Yeah. Take the seven million, or the million, and go, duh, so dumb. Take the seven million and just fucking go to Quantico anyways. Yeah, duh. And she, like, he quotes Bob, she quotes Bob Dylan at him. Which makes no character context sense. In no context. And she goes, I'll let you be in your, I'll be in your dreams if you let me be in mine. And he's like, what? She's like, Bob Dylan, Dylan. I thought you had culture. And he's like, what the fuck? I was like, I love that to you, Bob Dylan is culture. No context. So they come stumbling home. First of all, this entire movie up to this point has been scored like it's a CW show. It's like, Oh, not even, not even like a good CW show. We're talking like. The bad episodes of Buffy, which there are very few of. Yes. It, it, it's, it's episodes of Angel. Yes. There we go. But, like, they're scored, like, them, like, stumbling around the school, like, oh, we're so drunk and in love. It's, like, scored, like, an episode of 90210. I'm like, what's happening? Like, No, not 90210, because 90210 had class. Melrose Place. Melrose Place, there we go. Um, <laughs> let's, let's give credit where credit is due. So she kisses him. He immediately, like, he comes his pants from her kissing his neck, and then she drops to her knees. 
And she's like, do you have anything? He's like, oh, no, but I can go to the convenience store. I can ask my roommate. I can, uh, but, uh. And she's like, I'll just go next door to my friends. I'll get a condom. And he lays down on her bed and he's like, what's that crunchy toys? And he realizes she has plastic sheets down. And he's like, oh, fucking bed pisser. He's piss sheets. I'm like, far jump. And all of a sudden, this mysterious black figure comes up from behind him. Not choking. black. Hooded. Hooded figure. Hooded figure. Comes up from behind him and chokes him. And you can't quite tell what it is. It looks like a fishing line. It and then you realize. And it pans out and it's Mila Kunis. And she choked him with a condom. Not just any condom. Ribbed for her pleasure. No, no, no. It wasn't just that. It was a banana flavored condom, wasn't it? Oh, did they say that? I feel like they said that later on. There was some joke about like a banana flavored condom. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Because you find out she actually did go have to get the condom from her friend. I'm like, you wouldn't have that on hand? What? What? Um, so she chokes him out with a condom and it's like, oh, so clearly she is the killer. Well, duh, guys. No fucking Um, shit, Sherlock. No one was surprised. Um, so wait, if she was just planning to choke him out, why did she bother to put down the plastic wrap on her bed? Because if she's going to slit his throat, she needs the plastic sheet. In case they had sex. Oh, DNA. True, 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 true. Um, I'm going to get real Dexter up on this business. Yeah, so, but he's, when he's, like, laying in her bed, he's like, oh, that's weird. She has plastic sheets. Oh, that's weird. There's an ice pick behind her. Oh, so she had the ice pick. So that she was still had the ice hand. pick on her fucking nightstand. Just out in the open. And he picks it up. He's like, what the fuck? I'm like, basic instinct had come out by this point. You'd be like, uh-uh, get out. Get out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> the pussy ain't worth it. Run. <laughs> pussy ain't worth it. Um, uh-huh. So she's killing it with a condom. And then she, like, looks at herself in the mirror. She's like, God, I need professional help. Okay. So what does she do? Odd moment for self-awareness. She immediately goes to a shrink. And this shrink. Here's the thing. If anything, I would have seen her fucking the shrink versus fucking the te- fucking the professor. Yeah. Oh, except for, like, when the flip around comes with the mistaken yeah. identity. It had to be. So his name is Eric Daniels. First of all, I hate people who have two first names. It's very confusing. Yeah, fine. Because also when they're like professors and doctors, everyone refers to each other by their last names. It's like, hey, Starkman. Hey, hey Daniels. Daniels. It's like, well, is he Eric or is he Daniel? Oh, his name is Eric Daniel. Oh, that's confusing. I hate it. Fucking douchey. Um, so she's doing her like assessment with him. It's the most bizarrely edited scene. Yeah, and there's lots of like fade to fade and- ins, fade out. It's like she's rambling on one giant long sentence, and they're trying to be like, oh my god, look, she won't stop talking. But she's not. They're going back and forth. And it keeps, like, fading in and out. And it's just she, really badly done. And she's like, I have schedules, appointments, goals, dreams. And it's like, okay. Okay. Um, so he's like, if you could be anyone in the world besides yourself, who would you want to be? She's like, I want to be Elizabeth Guire. She's going to Quantico next year. And he's like, okay. Like, low low expectations, but okay. Also, still underscore with this light, bouncy music. Like, Yeah, the, the score of this entire movie was very contradictory. It's like they scored it like it was a scary movie, like the the scary movie parodies. Yeah. Where like this is a horror movie that knows it's funny, but clearly it didn't. Yeah. It, I think the score came in later, and they're like, just fuck, just roll with just it. Just roll with it. Um. So it's like bad YouTube music that goes very wrong with the movie that's playing. So immediately after she leaves the office, he calls Professor Starkman, who we find out is one of his other patients. And he's like. I just talked to one of your students, and she is a textbook sociopath. She has no... But wait, that gives me... Ah, oh, she. Uh, that gives me a clue. And he's like, oh, That's I'm like not- my only favorite line from this fucking movie. He's like, I'm not going to tell you her name, but if I if you guess who it is, don't say her name back. And so he's like, she has no concept of reality. She really wants to be your TA, and she's a textbook sociopath. He's like, oh, I know who just who you're talking about. I'm like, don't worry about her. Which, by the way, will throw you a curve in the last 
30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It, that is the semi-decent-ish twist. It's... Here's the thing. The premise is good. The writing is shit. The premise isn't good. I, I'm not hating it. There's no plot. The plot and premise the, are different. The elevator pitch of, like, American Psycho with a girl in college is excellent. Anything, That's the premise. Anything expanded past that is god-awful. It's god-awful. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, talking about her on the phone, very obviously, and she, like, walks back into the office, and he's like, I'll call you back later, Mom! Like, and she's like, oh, he used to talk to your, your mother. mother. And, like, it gets, like, very intriguingly, like, and interested like, in that conversation. you don't have a wife? Why don't you have children? Why doesn't anybody love you? Like, she's trying to, like, psychologically break him down, which is not a thing that Patrick Bateman did. Yeah. Um, oh, Patrick okay. didn't fucking care. Here's the thing. I keep doing this where I try to fix the movie. You can't fix this. Oh, oh, but wait. So, we see Patrick Bateman killing the babysitter. Mila Kunis gets loose. We see her wheel back the ice pick, and we assume, like, oh, she killed Patrick Bateman. Uh Uh-uh. She helped Patrick Bateman. She killed the babysitter. And Bateman's like, I could teach you a few things. Like, takes her under his wing for a quick minute. He gets killed. He dies. And she's like... She asked him. She's like Bateman part two because she learned from him. That... Is the premise of fucking Scream. I know. And it, Saw. It would have been Jigsaw. It would have been a better movie than this. Oh dear God. It would have been. Even for a quick second. Because she's like, I'm Pat- I'm the next Patrick Bateman. Like, you knew him for 30 seconds when he tried to kill you. Um So he's she's like, Oh well, um, too bad nobody loves you and you don't have any children. Bye! And he's shook. He's like, oh my god, like she's real scary. So she goes jogging. And jogging. And jogging, jogging. And jogging. It's like, you're not fucking Christian Grey. You don't need to go jog before you fuck someone. She's literally jogging for a full three minutes and just fade cut, fade cut, fade cut, up a hill, down a hill, off a road, over a mountain, toward a lake. It's fucking awful. And she gets to a river and she picks up a beer bottle and throws it. And I'm like, oh, she's like killing a small animal or like a homeless person. No, just, no. just, just smashed a beer bottle on a rock. Just and, she could. And the rock hits, the beer bottle hits the rock and like smash cut to the Dean's party. And she's like, oh man, I gotta be so distracted on my run. I'm late for the Dean's party. Okay, the girls dressed for this party range from summer daytime wedding to Vegas club. To none of the Roxbury. <laughs> like, none of these girls got the same invite. Like, what? And like, there's like 20 girls like all crowded on Professor Stark and they're like, ooh, tell us about Ed Gein. Ooh, he hated his mom. <laughs> like, they're trying to like flirt with him, whatever. Like, she's very mad because she's like, I meant to get to the party early so I can talk to him. And Cassandra comes over to her and she's like, oh, well, Bobby and I, don't call him Bobby. Bobby. That's like a running joke. She hates that she calls him Bobby. She's like, well, I'm not going to be able to talk to him either because there's all these girls. Why don't the two of us ditch this party and we'll go get a bottle of wine? Oh, and Rachel, I have a secret to tell you. Starkman told me I'm going to be the TA. I'm like, mm, I feel like he wouldn't want you to be the TA because he's fucking you. No, he's like, so then he and I can spend all this time together and the wife won't suspect it because it's just work. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. It's not how it works. And so Mila Kunis is like, I'm so happy for you. Let's get a bottle of wine and bounce. Um, and sharp cut to Cassandra's dead. Which we don't know how she died. She's hanging by her neck. And she's got a note taped to her chest, which we can't read at this point. We get to see you it You can't later. read it at this point. So what happens is she puts the note on her. She calls her voicemail. 
to leave an alibi. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, hey, Cassandra, it's Rachel. Um, It was so great seeing you, but I'm going to head back to my apartment. Like, she leaves herself an alibi on her voicemail. Yeah. So then um, she drops in on the shrink the next day with no appointment. Which and she's happened. like, and she's like, I'm coming in to tell you I don't need any more sessions because I feel like you were really judging me yesterday. And like, you don't have a wife. You have a sick mom that you don't talk to. You don't have any kids. You don't have any dates. You have a dead end job. You're a lot like Ed Gein. No. So before this, you know what happens before this? What? Remember, doesn't Starkwing call him and say she's dead? No. This oh, that's after. Immediately after. No, no, it's like the next scene. Oh, yeah. So, um, he's like, what the fuck? Get out of my office. You're, You're crazy, crazy bitch. Oh, and then he calls her, he calls him again and is like, she's fucking nuts. Yeah. He's like, you super need to watch out for this student. She is off her rocker. So then we finally get to see, uh, her in class in action. And so. Which, by the way, that scene was dumb. It was weak as fuck. First of all, as soon as Keith opened his mouth, I was like, wrong, because I know more about serial killers than you. So he's like, oh, let's talk about Ted Bundy. And Keith, the token black guy, goes, well, he was very calculated and organized. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was very sporadic. He was extremely sporadic. She's like, he's like, he picked all of his victims very carefully and stopped him. Like, no, he didn't. He wandered around a lake with an arm cast on saying, can anyone help me with my boat? Can anyone help me with my boat? And any girl that walked up with him was the one he picked. He walked into a random sorority house and killed half the girls and left the other half. He was not planned or calculated at all, which is basically yeah. exactly what Mila Kunis says. She's like, the fuck are you talking about? His first two murders were very careful and planned. And once he got a taste for it, he's like, oh, fuck it. And just went nuts. Yeah. And so the professor is like, oh, very good, Neela Kunis. She's wearing the same American flag shirt. I'm like, it's been a week. Um, it's been two days. You're gross. Do your laundry. Um, and so basically she like completely rips apart an argument because it's inaccurate. And then she goes, and this was such an odd question. She goes, professor... How would you classify a killer whose downward spiral was calculated to his grand scheme? And he goes, great question, except stupid, because that's never happened before. The fuck? <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so she's talking about herself clearly, but then she's not. She's very no. much not, because nothing she's doing is a plan. So, Keith is walking around, more stalking in the bushes shots, and he's in the library. She's wearing her full black hoodie, black gloves get up in full daylight. Yeah, which makes no sense. And she walks up to him in the library, and he is sketching, like, brutal murder and rape scenes in his notebook. No, he's, no, 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 no. He's sketching famous murderers. Oh, that's right. But he's, which, he's like, sketching which famous murderers. Which isn't, like, which isn't awful if you're in a criminology thing and like this is how you're like trying to purge it from your mind but it's kind of a twist but still it's a little twisted and she's like oh he's a great artist he's a lot like me too bad he has to die ice pick also this ice pick just lives with her um right. also killing someone in the middle of a public library on a second floor how are you getting the bodies out how 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 she left that one she left it you at the end when they're going through that's right Oh, because it's okay, and this is this is the one thing I did calculate out. Is like, how how is no one noticing that these students are going missing? But because it's the week before spring break, she's like, oh, she must have left for spring break early. She was yeah. so like the campus is kind of like in flux because people are coming and going. Yeah. So Starkman is looking for Cassandra. He has a key to her apartment. Um, he walks in and he finds her hanging, and he finally you finally get to see the note, and the note says he didn't love me enough. Dun dun dun. Dark. That, is, that he, is fucking twisted. He freaks out. He takes the note. He takes photos of the two of them. He takes the tape out of her voicemail because he's been leaving her messages asking where she is. 
Um, therefore, eliminating Mila Kunis' alibi. Um, and so um, Starkman calls Dr. Daniels, and he's like, that student you were talking to me about, she's dead. <gasps> what, what, guys? What? He thought that the doctor was talking about Cassandra and not Rachel. Oh, no. Mistaken identity. And he's like, And she's like, I told you he was crazy. And he's like, oh, but, like, this girl, I knew her. He was special. She's like, well, how could you know her? <gasps> were you fucking her? He's like, I loved her. No, you didn't. And then, of course, what does he do? He's like, can you just provide me some Xanax? Oh, Valium. Valium. Like, to fucking calm me down. I'm like, you're a bitch. No. Give me some Valium. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll work on the prescription. Well, how are you? And then he just hangs up on him. I'm like, rude. He's your doctor friend and he's getting you Hashtag meds. Hashtag rude. Rude. Um, so they're sitting in class. They're waiting for the announcement. And so Elizabeth comes in and she's like, okay, so the professor was going to do this sabbatical next year. Um, due to extending any circumstances, he's going to take that sabbatical now. now. And you see the fire in Mila Kunis's eyes and the rage. And she's like, and then she just no. sits there. And like the whole class like files out and like empties around her. And she's like, <laughs> like she's going nuts. And she's like, I killed all these people. And I'm not even going to no get reason. it. And then the ne- this is where this movie goes full tilt crazy. I'm like, full tilt. What the fuck? Because at this point, I'm like, okay, Rachel's very calculated. She has a plan, but now her plan is falling apart. Can she improvise? Short answer, no. Nope. She walks into Starkman's office wearing Cassandra's dress and the necklace that he got her, and her hair is, like, done like hers. And he's like, you're, and she's like, oh, I just, like, wanted to know if you're okay because if you're not having a tea, like, he's like, you don't care about me. You just want this goddamn thing because you want to go to Quantico. Quantico isn't even that great. Yeah. And he's mixing Valium and whiskey. So, like, clearly he's, is dumb as fuck. he's off kilter. Um, And she's like, you don't know anything about me. And she's very angry and then immediately flips to seducing him. But she's not really seducing him because she's like, oh, Bobby. And you're like, wait, what the, what fuck? the fuck? And he's like, wait, you're wearing her dress and her necklace. And she's like. What do you mean? You gave this to me, Bobby, when you said you loved me. So does she think she's Cassandra? Is she trying to make him think that she's Cassandra? Is she trying to make him think that he loved her this whole time? She's trying to make him think that she's Cassandra so that when he comes to, he'll give her the TA role. I, but it's like not in a, it's weird. It's real weird. And so you're like, okay, so now she's trying to get into his pants so then she can like get what she wants later on. But then she opens the window and lets him fall through and die. And just blows him out. Just, and just, he falls through and dies. Which is dumb as fuck. And well, now he's dead and you're never getting the TA position and you can never go to Quantico. And then she closes the window behind him like, girl, you're dumb because you can make it look like he killed himself or just fell out the window doing Valium and whiskey. If you close the window, now people are going to know it's a murderer. But then, of course, what happens? She turns around and there's a fucking janitor there. Kills him. Oh, nice mom. Mm, Fucking kills him. Dead. There's my favorite line. Nice mom. We don't get to see it. We don't get to see any of these murders, really. We only see the aftermath. We get to see Bobby getting choked by the condom. And we see her hanging. Not Bobby. We get to see uh, Steve getting choked by the condom. and But we don't get to see her. Ha- She's already dead when we no, see we her. No, we see her hanging, not being hanged. Yeah. And we get to see him fall out the window, but we don't get to see him hit the ground. Like, oh, I don't get it. Yeah. Um. So she kills the murder. She kills the janitor. Like, what the fuck, girl? Like, It's dumb as fuck. So the doctor's calling Starkman. He's not picking up. Um, and he's like, oh, I need to talk to him about this girl. And all of a sudden, his assistant comes in. And she's like, oh, that really intense girl, Rachel Newman, called in. She's rescheduling her appointment. And he's like, wait, Ra- what? Rachel Newman, are you sure? 
Because he thinks Rachel Newman is dead. Dead, dead, fucking dead. He's like, what the fuck? And so Rachel is packing for spring break, and all of a sudden her parents come to the door. And this is where the movie really lost me. Yeah. Like, hard. Her parents are like... Nice. Milk toast and milk toastier. Like, they're they're not even like annoying and like suburban cunty. They're just like, oh, she's like, oh, I made reservations at this place called. No, they get suburban cunty when they go to the restaurant. When they go to the restaurant, but she's like, oh, I made you reservations at this uh, at this restaurant. She goes, oh, is that Italian? Your father can't eat Italian. It's too spicy. And you're like, oh, this is how white bread they are. Like Italian is it's too, too spicy. spicy. And she's like, it's French. And it's also her mom's birthday. I, and then, of course, they're like, why does it smell in your room? She's like, oh, there's a sewer problem. Oh, don't go in my closet. That's where your present is. I'm like, your okay. birthday gift in there. And I was like, the fuck are you doing? Body's in the closet. Um, duh. But not just anybody. Oh, we, oh, wait for it. It's coming. Wait for the plot twist oh, of the century. it's coming. Um, so she misses her appointment with the doctor. Um, he calls Starkman one more time to be like, what the fuck's going on? Where are you? Uh, this isn't funny. Is this a prank that you told me this girl was dead? She's clearly not. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Um, and then he's taking his mom out to dinner and you're like, oh, so like something Rachel said sunk in about like, you don't even talk to your mom. Yeah. So he's taking his mom out to dinner. It's a little bit cute. Um, so Rachel gives her mom the necklace that her professor gave Cassandra. I... What? Um... And then her parents, her mom, she's like, well, my friend, she had this thing on her face, and it looked like skin cancer, and I told her to go to the doctor, but yeah. she wouldn't go to the, and she's just doing one of those rambling stories that has no point, and Rachel's like, I have to go to the bathroom, and she's like, where's my steak knife? And Rachel's just, like, in the bathroom clutching a steak knife, she's like, I'm gonna fucking kill him, I hate him, I hate him. I wanna kill my mom, I wanna kill her so bad, she's so fucking annoying, I just, I wanna die. I, Rachel Newman, hate my mother, she's so goddamn annoying. Yeah. And so, the doctor is taking his mom to the same restaurant where Rachel and her family are. So he walks in, he sits down with his mom. Her mom has an ugly hat. Yeah, the mom looks crazy. The mom was weird. Yeah. I couldn't tell if she was supposed to be like dementia patienty or just rude. Yeah, that was weird. To it tell. was real weird. Um Oh, and then the weirdest waiter. Okay, so when Rachel's having a date with Steve, the waiter's like, Oh, here's your wine and here's your martini. It's my first day. And she's like, Okay. Okay. Bye. And then it's this same waiter at the restaurant with the with the mom and the psychiatrist. I'm like, what is this waiter? I don't, I don't get it. So he sees Rachel across the restaurant. He's like, oh, I, I have to go talk to her. What the fuck? Okay, the music in this scene sounded like something out of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch movie. Oh, shit, that's right. Not, not the TV show, the movie, which was still Melissa Joan Hart, but, but still different actresses. Yeah. Uh, but the music is like, boo doo boo doo boo 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 doo boo 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 boo. It's so weird. It was it was very weird. I'm looking things up, honestly. I'm She's on her phone. I'm looking things up because I'm honestly I'm trying to remember certain aspects of this. Here's the problem with this whole scene though. Because this is the one thing that bothered me the most. Is not only that, but you forgot to mention one thing. Yes. When the doctor sees Rachel at the restaurant, he goes up to her and says Oh, uh, Miss Newman, can I talk to you for a minute? And her mom goes, did you just call him a different name? name? So right then and there, I was like, what the fuck do we actually have a potential good plot twist? No. That was my biggest thing. Yeah. You think the movie's about to get good again. You're like, oh, it's going crazy because it's going so far crazy. It's going to get good again. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's so then all of a sudden, you're like, ah, oh, what the fuck? Okay. So they go to dinner. Everything's done. Oh, no. She, she admits that she's the one who killed the friend. Because oh, yeah, she because said she killed she's Cassandra. Like, she's like, 
oh, but you're supposed to be hanging. He's like, I didn't hang. She did. And it's like, oh, so he like full on knows that this girl is dead. So you just admitted to it. What the fuck? She's like, I have plans tonight. Goodbye. And she bounces. Um, so the doctor goes to Starkman's office. There's like, it's, there's clearly been a fight in there. He touches everything. Like, you're gonna get your fingerprints on everything. I thought that was gonna be the twist that she was gonna frame the doctor for everything. Yeah. Um, and finally someone goes to the cops and he's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I need to file a missing person's report on Robert Starkman. He's like, oh, that's so funny. His wife just called. He was supposed to be in the cabin with her three days ago and he never called. And he's like, oh, we have, uh, it's our third missing person's report this, um, this year. Which is a lot for a small town. For a small town. So the first one is Gertie, um, Fleckman. She was the assistant at the office. The second is, um. Robert. Robert. And the third is Rachel Newman. The fuck is happening here? Rachel Newman's missing. He's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, seven months ago. Um, and he's like, her, and you didn't talk to her parents and say that she was okay? He's like, oh, she didn't have any parents. She's an orphan. Her friends scheduled this uh, missing person's report. Missing yeah. So we get a flashback to, like, young Rachel, like, six months ago, Rachel. And they knock on the door. They're like, are you Rachel Newman? She's like, uh, yes, I am. And they're like, oh, someone filed a missing person's report. She's like, well, I'm here. And they're like, oh, cool, bye. No ID check, no fingerprints. To which, he even, which even the doctor says, did you check our ID? Well, there was only one Rachel Newman on campus, so... No, asshole! You didn't check that she was actually Rachel Newman. You just... You just asked the girl if she was Rachel Newman. So, clearly, the girl who we have thought is Rachel Newman this whole time is not not Rachel Rachel Newman. Newman. We don't know who she is. We never get a real name. Yeah, I was gonna say, we never get her actual name. And then what happens is they go inside, she's like, Gosh, really like your room, Rachel. You know what? I really like your name. The fact that I can actually quote that is disgusting. I know. And you look, and Rachel's dead with a clothes hanger. Is it through her neck or I, on her neck? I can't go tell. My my uh, my version was really bad uh, quality. So I couldn't quite tell. It, there was like a clothes hanger around her neck in some sort, and she looked dead. She, dead she's something. hella dead, and so she's like, "I think I'll take it." And then the closet opens up, and there's like a, a de- mummified body. It is black. Mm. Also, seven months of a decaying body, and how is it just starting to smell? Yeah, like, how people, and also, like, you would have to, like, do something to that body to get it to preserve like that and not just liquefy. Because it's just, like, in a plastic garment bag. Like, yeah. what the fuck? And she's like, God, Rachel, you ruined everything. You're Maybe falling not. apart on me. She's like, she's being, like, funny, bitchy. I don't get it. So she puts on her rubber gloves, um, and she loads her, she loads Rachel Newman into the trunk of the car or the back seat. Uh, she loads trunk. her in, into the trunk and she puts Professor Starkman's body in the front seat, who she's also been keeping in the closet. Ugh. No, she's, she's been keeping it in a car that had a tarp over it. That's right. She kept him in the his car with the tarp over it. And so she goes peeling out of the, um, out of the parking, lot parking lot as the cops are coming in. And he's like, that's her. That's the girl. Turn around. Follow her. And so the cop's like, she's going 60 and a 30. That's a good enough reason to pull her over. I'm like, Pull her over for anything. You don't need an excuse. And so they're, like, doing an actual car chase. And so the doctor is in the front seat. A cop is driving. And there's a cop in the back seat. And the cop in the back seat is like, 16 to 30. That's a $275 ticket. I'm like, not the time. Like, no. Not the time to be calculated. It's a $270 billion fucking catastrophe. So she bangs into his car. She's, like, ramming the side of the car. And the shrink is like, hit her back. And the cop's like, oh, yeah. Like, also, he says, don't shoot her. I don't want to hurt her. And then immediately, like, we're in the car. 
car. Shoot out our tires. And then, of course, what happens is they 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 pull her, over. They pull her over, and right as she's about, they're asking her license and I and identification license. And she peels out again. She peels out again, and they're like, "Wow, man!" I'm like, "What buddy fudge comedy?" Like, nah, 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 nah. It, it is. It's a straight out of Benny Hill chase. Thank and you. That's what I was trying to think of. I was like, I know there's something And there's literally dumb hoedown music playing in the car. And you're like, is this scoring? But you see her turn the music up louder. And it's like, it's like really dumb music. What is this music? And so she goes speeding down them. There's a huge curb. And there is Professor Starkman's body leaning against the post of an overpass or like a bridge. Yeah. And they were like, what the fuck? Oh my God, Robert said. And the cops and the doctor are looking at the body. And all of a sudden you're like. And the car comes screeching over the hill. I don't know how she calculated. I don't know how she got the body out of the car. Set it up on the fences. Backed her car up in the darkness so they wouldn't notice. And then we find out later. Rigged up the car to come flying down the hill. The cops and the doctor both got out of the way. It rams into Starkman's body. Oh, we also saw her put two cans of gasoline in the trunk. With Rachel Newman's body. Because she says, she's like, Quantico, here we come. I'm like, are you driving to Quantico? I, With two dead bodies? I don't know. So she goes careening over the hill through Starkman's body. Why that was necessary, I don't know. Oh, to get them near the post? But she didn't kill them with the car. I, None of this made sense. Car goes over the, into the river. It explodes because it's full of gasoline. And they're like, oh my God, holy shit, everyone's dead. And then we cut to, what is it? Three years later? Three months Three later. months later. Three months later. See, three months later, and it's like a quick, like, newsreel. And it's like, uh, eight bodies were find, found across ca- campus. Okay, so the body count at this point is the assistant. Gertie. Bobby the professor. Yep. Keith the black guy. Yep. Cassandra the roommate. Yep. Brian the rich guy. Yep. The janitor. Mm-hmm. She does also kill a security guard. Oh, yeah. And the real Rachel. Yep. Eight. So... But how is that eight bodies? Because they think Rachel is the killer. Because they... Ooh, that is true. Unless you Eight say, bottles in bodies including her, and then the main question was why. Including Rachel. And they're like, no one knows why she did it. She's an enigma. She's a riddle. No one Which knows... Which also, by the way, if they're saying this only happened three months later, there's two things that are about to happen that I was like, that would never happen in three months. No. And also, like... The real Rachel's friends never noticed that another girl named Rachel, Rachel moved, moved into in. her apartment and took over her identity. Like, when she has the offset to take over Rachel's schedule. Wait, so she gets a whole thing at the beginning. She's like, I had perfect grades. I have been planning to go to Washington West my whole life. So she got into the school and then she took Rachel's identity or she didn't get into the school and that's why she had to take Rachel's identity. None of None this is explained. She No, she didn't. She said, oh yeah, I ended up getting to Wash U and like didn't have a good relationship with her parents. But there's a whole thing at the beginning where she's like, my dad's a philanderer, or my mom's an alcoholic, neither of no, which is clear true. when you meet her. Yeah. When you so meet them. So it's just really fucked up. So then we cut to Quantico. A, we cut to Quantico. We cut to Quantico. And the, the doctor is giving like a, a, a talk. A talk with his new book. In what world would he be able to write and, and publish. publish a new book in three months? And there's like a hundred copies of the book on the table. I'm like, girl, really? Calm it down. And so he's like, um, she was, um, more obsessed than Dahmer. Dahmer wasn't that obsessed with people. He kind yeah. of grabbed them on impulse. More calculated than Bundy. Again, Bundy isn't calculated. And then? More faceless than Bateman. Bateman is many things. Faceless is not, not one, one of, of them. them. Because no one even knew that there was a serial killer until Bateman was dead. And then they hooked a bunch of unsolved mysteries to his murder. 
Well, that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying for this movie, which I'll get into in a minute. Oh, oh my god! So they're like, she was an enigma. She was a riddle, and we'll never solve her. Clap, we'll clap, 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 clap. Thank you so much. Blah blah blah. And then he's signing. I'll be signing copies of my books. And so he's like, yeah, she killed eight people. It's insane. Um, and she's like, oh, who can I make this copy to? And she's like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGuire. And it pans up, and it's fucking Mila Kunis dressed as Elizabeth McGuire. With the glasses. And the neckerchief. And the neckerchief. And the, and the hairdo. Khakis. And he's like, huh, 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 huh. And then, of course, the and next person. And she's like, person goodbye. Yeah, and then, she walks off. So the next person comes up, and he's like, uh, do you know who that is? Do you know Elizabeth McGuire? And, and he's like, Agent, Agent McGuire. Agent fucking McGuire. She's the first sophomore to ever be made a full agent. How can she be a sophomore? This makes if it's three months later. Unless it's supposed to be a year and three months later? I don't know. So she not only got into Quantico under someone else's ide- identification. First of all, does no one have IDs in this universe or social security numbers? Or fingerprints. Any of this. She got into Quantico. Okay, first of all, to be a fucking agent at Quantico, you have like 8,000 kinds of background checks. Yeah. Because presumably, Elizabeth McGuire's parents are not dead. Nope. What the fuck? Um, and so her, her voiceover, she's like, I know, why did I let him know? I almost had the perfect crime, but if you have a perfect crime and you don't let anyone know about it, then what was the point even? They found the real Rachel's body in the trunk that night and assumed I was her. Like, and then of course the last fucking shot of this movie is literally her standing in the creek with the burning car behind her. With the remnants of the burning car behind her. She's got the the black hoodie on. And the black hoodie on and she... Turns towards the camera and smirks. It literally looks like that meme of the little girl smiling like when the, the house, house is burning. burning behind her. I literally am like, huh? It literally made no fucking sense. Huh? Like this movie ended so abruptly and so crazily. Uh, I I was so deeply confused. I. It wasn't even bad in that it was poorly done, it or was that the acting was bad, or the fucking. Off. It just made no sense, and there was no beginning, middle, or end. There was no plot. There was no follow through. And you want to know what makes the least amount of sense, which what? is my main gripe. <gasps> oh, I forgot a giant plot point. Fuck. No, it's huge. Okay, so when Rachel is trying to produ- uh, seduce Professor Starkman, oh, she's like, "Wait, you mentioned that I thought." No, I didn't. Oh shit. This is, so this she's is, like, "She's is, like, this is the one scene." Other than the intro that tries to tie things together. Yeah. So she's like, you just fuck up all the women in your life. You fuck up your wife. You fuck up Cassandra. You fucked up Claire. And he's like, Claire? Claire? How do you know about Claire? And she's like, Claire was my babysitter. Claire was his fucking mistress. So he was tracking down Bateman. His mistress slash student slash TA was also obsessed from his notes, figured out what Bateman was, decided she was going to track him down down herself with a child she was babysitting in tow went to Bateman's apartment with a random small child got herself murdered and he's like and that's why you need to quit the FBI because you're the one that got Claire killed and he's like how do you know Claire got killed and she's like oh because I'm the one who murdered Bateman yeah it just made no fucking sense speaking of not making any fucking sense the fact of the matter, we know this movie was not intentionally made to be an American Cycle sequel. No. So what was that scene before it tied into Bateman? What? With with him being like, this is why... And she's like, I've been obsessed with you since I was 12 years old. I've had a crush on you for six years because um, Claire never shut up about you and I loved you the whole time. So that's why she's been so obsessed with being his TA. 
it actually wasn't about Quantico, but it was because she went to Quantico after it he died. It was about Quantico and being a better detective than him. But uh, here's, I, here's what pisses me off the most. What? At the end of American Psycho, the original, oh. you were never you were never told whether or not the murders were real or all in his head. Yes. And it was never meant to be known. Even the director has said, you know... We definitely left it ambiguous for a reason. We left it ambiguous. Like, yeah, you are led to conclusions because it's a visual medium, but we tried to make it as ambiguous as possible. And they do a lot of those scenes, like shooting with a detective, where it's like, you're shooting with different intentions, and even the actors don't know what their shooting is intended. And there's like the whole weird scene with the real estate agent, where like the whole apartment's painted white, and he's like, what happened here? And she's like, it's better if you leave. Like, so something did go down in the apartment, something did... The whole movie leaves you unedged and unsatisfied in a way that's beautiful and calculated. Because you don't know if Bateman was ever... Actually a killer. Actually a killer. Which, technically, he's not. Because you literally see Paul Owens at the end of shit. And the hookers. And you see people who have died. Quote, unquote. I just had lunch with Paul Owens. Oh, he doesn't see him. But then there's this whole running joke in the original one where all of the Wall Street douchebags look so much alike that everyone thinks everyone is someone else. Like, they're like, he's talking He's talking to someone. He's like, oh, Patrick J. Bateman is such a spineless piece of shit. And he's like, I'm Patrick Bateman. And he's like, you're not being funny, Mark. He's like, I'm not Mark. Mark is dead. I can't, like, so there's a whole running thing of did you actually see Paul in London or did you just see a guy who you thought was Paul in London? Like, there, that, and that's why they do it. They leave you so on edge but because like, you don't know who anyone is. you're meant to think that he's not. Yes. You're made to think that he's very much obsessed and basically the notebook full of all the killings is as deep as he's ever gotten. Yeah. Because he's a bored Wall Street guy who has all this darkness inside him. But and he, that's the whole ending. He's like, I have no release. I have no catharsis. My Where um, is my exit? My confession means nothing. Because he's confessing to something that he hasn't done yet, so it's still burning inside him. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Which it's amazing. is why, technically, this movie should have never been fucking made and called an American sequel. Uh, American sequel. That's, that's funny. American sequel. <laughs> American Psycho sequel. Because, technically, Patrick Bateman never died. Uh, never murdered anyone. No. So. And then, I'm sorry, if Patrick Bateman is the serial killer, he thinks he is, there's no goddamn way in this world that he's going to get fucking taken out by a 12-year-old girl. God, no, he's not that dumb. First of all, he'd have been like, oh, 12-year-old girl, kacham, dead. Now I'm going to fuck with the hot 20-year-old. Because then once he kills the 12-year-old in front of the 20-year-old, um, he's just like, I've got your fear. Yep. So it's just, it's so many layers of fucked up. Uh, this movie is... It's awful. It's bizarre. Okay. Final thoughts, dear God. Um, so we are going to stick with the drinking game because I think you guys like it. Mm-hmm. So drinking game for American Psycho. Just just drink a full bottle of wine to start. You'll yeah, think us. Yeah, just open a big bottle and then take a sip every time. There's a voiceover. There's a voiceover. Oh, that's a good one. This is a good amount of voiceovers. Where we'll get you like very pleasantly buzzed I'm in a Shabbat's. Or you will die of alcohol poisoning with fucking liquor. Yeah. Uh, take a sip every time there's a case of mistaken identity. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Because then you drink half the bottle at the end. Yeah. You're like, everyone is not who everyone you think is they are. not who you think they are. Um, drink every time there's a, a murder off screen in a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Drink for everybody. Drink for everybody. Drink for the body count. Body count. Bot- Final body count is 11. So it's the eight victims, who you think it is, plus Patrick Bateman. Plus Clara. Plus Clara, plus Elizabeth McGuire. Presumably. Oh, you she's think she'd be. let her live? Yeah, no, she's dead. She's dead. 
so, so body count in this movie is 11. Uh, drink. Isn't that what it has on Rotten Tomatoes is an 11? Oh, I forgot to read. This movie on Rotten Tomatoes got an 18%. Oh, the that's or- being generous. The original got an 85 So that's a 67% difference. Um, drink every time there's weird editing in a scene. Just fucking drink. Drink every time the scoring of the movie makes no sense with the scene that's going on. Drink every time you think this could have been a made-for-TV movie on Lifetime. Oh, God, it could have. Drink every time it's so clear that this was never meant to be an American Psycho movie. Yeah. Uh, drink when you see the sad Patrick Bateman imitator, just because it makes you drink sad. Drink every time they say Rachel. Drink every time they say Newman. Oh, Newman, that's a good one. <sighs> drink every time there's William Shatner on screen. Yeah, drink for William Shatner. Oh, William Shatner. Shatner, Shatner, Shatner. I don't know. There's nothing else really to say about this. No. There's really not. I feel like this episode sucks and it's sad. But guys, this movie this movie was so bad it wasn't even fun to discuss. It was awful. And I will say this. I will come back on the podcast and we'll definitely find a funnier sequel for the two of us to Absolutely. watch together. Maybe a Bring It On? Oh, did you see the new one that came out on Netflix? Uh, you mean the one that I watched? Like, I haven't watched it, it yet. On Netflix? No, no, the present to myself. I just moved, guys. Um, I just moved apartments. I'm two days into my new apartment. It's beautiful. My present to myself when I officially finish unpacking is I'm going to let myself watch the new Bring It On. It's my reward and that my, like, motivation. Okay, guys. This movie was so bad, and I feel so bad because I feel like I hyped American Psycho <laughs> so hard and for so long. This and is it's, true. It's Halloween. It's October. And this episode's going to come out on the first of the month, and Halloween isn't until the end of the month. So, guys... There's so many good horror sequels. Don't make me watch a horror film. No, I'm not going to make you do it. Good. I I might do a second episode for October as a present, as a surprise. Only if it's like Halloween Town 2. No, it has to be direct for TV movie of an originally good movie. Do you not read our rules? Well, that was direct for TV. No, but it was a direct for TV off a movie that was already direct for TV. Oh, fuck that man. There are 350 movies that fall into that category. Don't worry about Jesus it. Jesus All right, that was the Stupid Sequels podcast. I'm sorry, guys. That it was, was... It was rough. Oh, oh! But we fav- got there. Favorite quote from the original. From the original? From the original. I can't pick one from the original. That's literally, like, one of my favorite movies. First of all, I'm going to drop in right here the entire business card scene. Is that a gram? New card. What do you think? Oh, very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Braille. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? Nice. Jesus. <laughs> that is really super. How do nitwit like you get so tasteful? <laughs> I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. But wait, you ain't seen nothing yet. Raised lettering, pale nimbus, white. Impressive, very nice. Mm. Let's see Paul Allen's card. subtle off-white coloring, the tasteful thickness of it, 
Oh my god. It even has a watermark. Something wrong? Patrick? You're sweating. Fuck you! Fuck you! That is one of my favorite scenes, but I'm also gonna take one that's kind of from the musical versus the movie. Do it. I'm- that's- that's- The entire I'm intro, I'm- I'm 26 years old, living in New York City at the end of the century. And this is what being Patrick Bateman means to me. And then it goes into, um, You Want It All. Which is fucking brilliant. Also, just go watch the performance of that from Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Okay, so and so my favorite quote from the original, because I'm not counting the business card scene, because that belongs to both of us. Yeah, that's such such a good scene. Um, is he's talking to, Patrick Bateman is talking to David Van Patten, and he goes. Do you know what Ed Gein said about women? Ed Gein, maitre d' at Canal Bar? No. Serial killer, Wisconsin in the 50s. And what did Ed say? He said, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out and talk to her, be real nice and sweet and treat her right. And what the other part of him think? <laughs> what her head would look like on a stick. <laughs> I do love that. Which is an actual Ed Gein quote. That is, that is fantastic. For all you murderinos out there, that's right, I'm touching into the other podcast universe, murderinos. For the record, all of the serial killers that are mentioned during this movie did are... You really write them all fucking I down. I did. Bundy, Dahmer... Uh, quote unquote Bateman. Ed Gein. They mentioned Ed Gein like two or three times. They mentioned Bundy a couple times. That's it. Oh, H.H. H. Holmes, Albert Fish, and Nanny Doss, who was a black widow who's not that famous. But those are all the serial killers mentioned. I mean, give me a fucking Menendez Brothers. Speaking of which, are you going to watch the NBC thing? Oh, hell yes, I am. Is that, who's my, oh, it's Edie Falco. Mm -hmm. I was like, Edie Falco's coming for Sarah Paulson. She Come is. Come in. Did you see that Ryan Murphy is considering doing a Misery remake with Sarah Paulson? Oh, and it's the prequel? Mm -hmm. And it's called Ratchet? I yeah. am so... Oh, no, not... No, no, no. Not of uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Over Misery. Uh, it's not over... It's not Misery. It's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And it's a prequel of... of uh, uh, it's a prequel called Ratchet, and it's starring Sarah Paulson. <gasps> and I believe it already got picked up by Netflix. Can you give me a season of American Horror Story where Sarah Paulson is the villain, though? She technically was in Hotel Sally. Mm, Although it was really the Countess, but... No, she wasn't. Um, yeah, she... I don't know if he'll ever make her the villain because she's just so fucking good. Although I, I would love to see her as a villain. Although we are gonna... We are getting villainized... Uh, what's his name? Evan Peterson. Evan Peters. We are. So. He's been a villain every fucking season. Yeah, but this time he's like the main creeper. He is. Um, and my favorite, favorite being a loose determination from the sequel is... Ribbed for her pleasure. Mine is probably the... Uh, nice mop. Yeah, nice mop. Uh -huh. probably, probably, honestly, just that. Or... Wow. I like your room. Actually, I like your name too. Rachel. You don't mind if I borrow it for a bit, do you? Alright, that was the Stupid Sequels Podcast. Nicole, where can people find you? Sure, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Wise and on YouTube at Nick D as in David Wise. What, what about your podcast? My podcast, which we don't do nearly enough, um, I'm trying to get more episodes up, but it's called Orange Couch Pod. It is a 90s Nickelodeon reboot style podcast where we talk about all type of episodes. 
Chelsea will be eventually coming on. I'm working on a bunch <laughs> of stuff right now, trying to get that a little bit further along. Um, but we have our first, I think, three, maybe four episodes. I've listened to them. They're very cute. They're very nostalgic. They make me twinge from my Nickelodeons. They made me watch a lot of Nick at Night when after I listened to her episodes. But that is the Stupid Sequels podcast. I'm sorry. And I'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Stupid Sequels podcast. Please subscribe and review so everyone can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at StupidSequels2 or email us at stupidsequelspodcast at gmail.com. Every episode is made possible by our sound engineer, Francis Cod. Our logo was designed by Nicole Wiseman at Wiseshots. And you can find me online at Callie Blair on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. And remember, even though these movies are stupid, deep down, we really love them.